Grizz Nation, Grizz Nation, what's going on? What's going on? This is the Star and Five podcast. Of course, I'm not the one piece shark, but I am at Tab Shakir. We got a little three man weave going on today, but hey, let's get it. We do it for y'all. Happy Sunday, fellas. Well, happy Sunday to you, man. I mean, if nothing else, I think the three of us can play some 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 really good defense, which is I think what is what the Grizzlies have been playing this week. So we can do that. Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey. We locking up just like uh, the Grizzlies are without job. We'll be without cap today, but we can still hold it down. So we might have a uh, little winning streak on our hands, but, you know, let's get to it. Yeah, we do got a win streak, man. 4-0, the Grizzlies finally playing good basketball, of course, without John Morant. Uh, 4-0 this past week. Gentlemen, give your assessment. Um, I definitely want to uh, apologize to well, not necessarily apologize, but give kudos to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and how they played since Jaws been out. I think we were all worried. I think maybe except I think Cap, uh, you know, about what our record would be, like what how we would play going into this past week. Um, and not only have they won, but again, y'all know I'm a big fan of defense, and I'm going and I'm going to point it out wherever need be. And in three of the four last games that the Grizzlies have played, they've kept their opponents to under under 100, and all four of the opponents they've kept them to under five under 105 points, which is absolutely, in a sense, it's kind of unheard of. But if you think about the clip in which they were giving up points, you know, several weeks ago or maybe at the beginning beginning of the season, so I'm going to. Um, give a huge kudos to not not only them winning the games but them you know playing defense and rallying you know rallying together um to ensure that they're you know putting the best product on the floor so i'm going to give them kudos for that speaking of defense uh you definitely got to give kudos to the grizzlies for that uh just check their stats and their um of course we all know that this Grizzly bunch can uh, put up points as they're sixth in the NBA in uh, points per game at 113. Uh, while they're scoring 113, they're also giving up 113. So the point differential is just like minus 0.5 or something like that. So that actually says a lot to what the Grizzlies have been doing recently on the defensive side of the ball. To Skylar's point, they've kept uh their teams under 100 points i think with the exception of the sacramento game um gotta applaud and this gotta applaud the guy we we criticize him a lot on the show but during this four game stretch jaron jackson jr has been playing like the guy that we expected him to play uh throughout this past week uh, i can't give nothing but kudos to him for that i think his big coming out game this week for lack of a better term, was against uh, the Raptors. Um, him, I wouldn't say single-handedly, but just everybody rallying around Jaron throughout his play, just giving his all out there in Toronto or Tampa. I forget if they're still playing in Tampa or if not, so forgive me there. They're back um, in Toronto. So they're back in Toronto. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, back in Toronto. So his play there, um, his scoring defense, I think he had about five block shots uh, in that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I got to give kudos to Jaron there. And I'm surprised Kyle ain't brought up his boy, Desmond Bain, who um, I'm pretty sure we'll give our kudos to or our Grizz of the Week to um, as we go forward. But, um, again, shout-out to the Grizzlies for, for their play this past week, man. And kudos is necessary. 
I like the fact that we're really playing with heart, and that's the one where that I'm pretty sure is going to be a continuous thing uh, for this season. Uh, we we went, of course, like I said earlier, four and zero, but the way that we were beating teams, like you all said, the defense that we've been playing, the bench plays are are, are being the very key in our wins, you know, because you got to maintain it, which is what I've been asking for. Um, and you know, DeAnthony Melton, he's been he's having a good a couple of games, a good few games coming off the bench and just giving that energy, you know, you know, against the OKC, he had 19, you know, and against the Kings, he had uh, 10, no, against the Raptors, he had 10 rebounds. And I think that energy is infectious, you know, coming off the bench, especially if you're not going to play Xavier Tillman. Like you got to have some kind of energy going, going forward. Um, but like you all said, Jaron Jackson has been playing really good basketball. He's doing this thing. The team is rallying around him, which is, you know, awesome to see. Um, but our bench, you know, we've had, you know, even even uh, uh, Aldama, he's he's been going ham, you know, the last couple of games too, you know. So our bench is getting better. It's like, you know, Coach Jenkins is finally uh, – he probably heard our last podcast or something and, you know, wanted to say, let me go ahead and get some fire on these guys, and that's what's showing right now. So, you know, shout-out to the Storm 5 podcast. Shout-out to us. Shout-out to us for that. Yeah, and I, I said this about Aldama when we first drafted him. And I watched a couple of games of him in summer league. I said, once he gets used to the speed of the game, the speed of the NBA, I think he's going to be okay. Um, now, is he going to be a solution? Is he going to be part of the Grizzlies long term? That remains to be seen. But it, all, it just felt good to see him getting some minutes uh, <laughs> last last week. And is not afraid to look for his shot. So <laughs> I could uh, count a couple times. He got touches and he immediately was like, yeah, the shot is going up. So um kudos to Aldama again kudos to the grizzlies man and this was a great week just gotta it was it was john contrary yeah. uh doing this thing as well man like we, we got so some we getting G- so up. big john getting jitty with it, with it man. <laughs> <laughs> and so if i was to give a shout out to like man shout out to the other guys that are stepping up especially during this absence of you know, John Moran, I know, I know a lot of people that are, uh, or some people may say, oh, well, you know, Dallas was missing, you know, Luca or blah, 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 whoever. And, you know, Thunder was missing SGA, but you still got to go out and perform. You know, and there's been cases that we've been on this team about. It's like, go win the games you're supposed to do. And they're right. doing yeah. it, you know. They're, they're well, and I think, it. and sorry to cut you off too, but I think there have been times where we may have been like, you know, well, like, Flip it around. Like there been they could there could be a case where like, you know, I don't know, the Lakers could come in town and we don't have job. And they're not going to like care about that. At the end of the day, it it, it matters what your win and loss record is at the end of the season. Like when they there's no committee for this, there's no like, you know, people's hands you have to put this into to say, okay, can we get into the playoffs? Are we in? Are we out? Like, no, at the end of the day, it's what is your record at the end of 82 games? Is your record an indicator or for if you should be in the playoffs or not? That's it. So that it, if if some if Dallas doesn't have Luca, if Toronto doesn't have Gary Trent Jr. or if the Lakers don't have LeBron, like that doesn't care. That doesn't matter. Get the wins that right. you're supposed to get, which is what we've talked about. Which is have as I mean, rightly so. That's been an issue that the Grizzlies have had going out and win the games that you're supposed to win. That's what we want, and that's what they've done. I couldn't agree more, brother. And it's couldn't funny that you more. said uh, if the Lakers were to come to town because they actually do come to town uh, next week. So we can go ahead and segue that into um, – let's, let's see. Do, do, do the Grizzlies keep the streak going, y'all? What, what, what y'all thinking about the streak? 
Um, <laughs> Trav, what you think? Unfortunately, the streak comes to an end to, uh, in today. Uh, of course, this will be out on Monday, so I'm saying today for that uh, reason. We're at Miami. Uh, Miami's been playing, you know, outstanding basketball. I know they lost to the Bucks just uh, on Saturday night. Oh, this lose to them, they got their butts whipped. Yeah, they, they, well, it's bad. a lot of it's a lot of blowouts in the NBA that's been happening over this past week. With us having the biggest one of in NBA history, so we gotta give kudos to the Grizz for that. Um, but I, I do think we lose to Miami. Miami has had our pretty much has our number as far as how they play. Um, and then being without Ja, that just makes it a little bit more difficult for the Grizz to pull that off. Um, I do have them getting the game at home against Dallas, and I have them getting the game against Houston. Actually, no, I'm going to go there. We'll lose to Miami, but we'll get a three-game streak going by the end of the week. So, so you, think, you think we'll beat the Lakers? I'm calling it upset here. I think we beat the Lakers. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. Lead off. Yeah. Um, I think, man, I'm, I don't know about this heat game. That's the one I'm like up, up in the air about. Uh, let me just go. I think there's what four games this week. I still go two and two. We definitely have to understand that Jai is still out. Um, and so I'm not going to overlook that or gloss that over. Um, I, I'm pulling up to the game that they have against the Mavericks on Wednesday. So I'll be there. So hopefully I can bring them to good luck. So give me, I think they lose against the Heat and they lose against the Lakers, but they win against the Mavs and they win against the Rockets. Um, I will I will say that that game against the Lakers is a game that they could potentially have. The Lakers are playing zero God defense. Awful. They yeah. are giving up 115 points to any and everybody that's on their schedule. Um, and so I think you know if you're the Grizzlies, whether you're with or without God, which I'm not sure if that's me or not. Um, if you're the Grizzlies and you have Jai, you don't have Jai, which looks like he is coming back much sooner than I think we all anticipated. Uh, and that's not to say he's going to come back this week, but I think he's coming back much sooner than I, than even I think I thought. The Lakers are still is a team that in shambles. Like I said, they're not playing defense. Anthony Davis, I'm not sure if you've seen stats from him, but he's literally the worst jump shooter in the league statistically as of today. So he's not the Anthony Davis that you know you probably that we all probably like knew of before this season. Um, LeBron James is in and out of the lineup. Russell Westbrook has played better, but yet and still, they don't have much of a bench. They, again, like, aren't, like I said, aren't playing defense. So that's a game that they could potentially grab. But again, I think just because I think they're without jaw, and they've shown us they can win without jaw, but I don't think that's enough to overcome the Lakers. So I, I'll go two and two this week. All right, all right. Like that, like that. I'm actually going to go three and one. Um, the Heat are without Jimmy Butler and uh, Bam Adebayo. They didn't play last night, I think, but a couple nights before, I'm sorry. And I don't think they're going to play in this game as well. So if that's the case, that's a dub for the Grizz, especially with the way that they're playing. Like, I, I, I can really – I'm really appreciate I'm, – I'm really appreciating the effort that I'm seeing from this Grizz team. Yes. Um. So we're going to be at Miami. Give me the up there. Dallas coming to town. Uh, Lito, I think you're going to bring some good fortune. Uh, so the streak goes to six. I do, however, see us losing to the Lakers um, for everything that you just said, Skylar. Um, I think that's a win that the Lakers are going to have to get. 
um, regardless of how they're playing, it's like you got to take advantage of, you know, the Grizzlies missing their best player. Otherwise, you know, the, the, the media is going to continue to ridicule you. Um, Russ has been playing a lot better, and I think he has to take full advantage of, of John Morant not playing that game. So give me that one. But, of course, we're going to win against Houston. So give me three and one. I like that we're getting that we've all called on that we're getting the games against Dallas and Houston, which are two. It may not be as important, but are very important because we did say on this podcast that the Grizz had the potential to possibly win the Southwest this year. Mm-hmm. And as it stands right now, they are at the top of the standings in the Southwest at 13 and 10. Um, yeah. And of Number course four. we're fourth right now in the uh, playoff seated. So um Again, we say win the games that you're supposed to win, and these division games, you need to grab as many of those as you possibly can because um, you match up four times a year. So grab as many of those as possible, mm-hmm. and uh, things are looking on the up and up. So I, I like that we went with the divisional um, victories there. Uh, I, I, I just still think with that Lakers game, I think the Lakers are just too much in shambles. Um, I really think the Grizz can grab that game. And I think Miami does enough – on the defensive side of the ball, the bottom Memphis. I know they won't have Jimmy Butler. I know they won't have Bam. Bam wasn't wasn't out there, I think, for the first matchup at FedEx Forum, which we were blown off the floor. But I think Miami does enough on the defensive end to kind of bother Memphis just enough to get that win. Yeah, and I, I think for me, what I'm going to be looking at is, again, you know, a win is a win, a loss. Uh, I won't say a loss is a loss because I'm one of those people, it's how you lose. But – um, a win is a win, and granted, they've beaten this week, this past week, the, I think, like the Thunder, and they beat some shorthanded teams. So what I'm going to look for is, yet again, as we're shorthanded ourselves, is can we kind of step up to the challenge with the Lakers should be relatively healthy for that game. Um, I think Luka maybe plays on Wednesday, so then they insert him into the lineup, so then they aren't as shorthanded. Um, and so, what, like I said, what I'm going to be looking for is can we, even without jaw, can we still win those games that is kind of still are supposed to win, or maybe it's a toss-up going into the game? That's what I'm going to be looking for. And I think one thing that I have noticed about this team, which I think last year was a issue for them, is they've gotten answers or multiple answers at the two spot, whether that's Desmond Bain a game, whether that's DeAnthony Melson another game, Whatever the case may be, that's I think that's one thing again that I wanted to highlight because I know again last year I mentioned who's your who's not even necessarily who's your starting guard, but who's going to consistently give you good minutes, who's going to make shots for you, who's going to guard. And I think both DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain have done really, really good jobs of scoring, defending, um, making timely shots, especially Desmond Bain. Jesus Christ, the man it seems like he can't miss these days. Um, they've done a good job, and so I'll get again. That's something else that I wanted to point out. Great points, great points. And I think a, a, another point I, I have before we move on is like the frustrating thing is like last week we were 10th. Last week we were 10th, and now we're, we're fourth. So it's like we gotta we gotta start playing with that sense of urgency because next week, I mean, I, I know it's a still early season, I know for sure, but. I, we're, we're good enough to be at the top. We're good enough to be a top four. We're good enough to be a top 16 in the league. So let's go ahead and keep playing with that. Um, so let's go into the Grizz of the Week. Who are y'all Grizz of the Weeks? Um, it's 
kind of hard to go against Desmond Bain, in my opinion, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I think I'm just going to applaud um, Triple J for his efforts. Again, not just offensively, but again, I love defense, y'all. And defensively, he has done a really, really good job. Um, again, I was one of those people that not necessarily say don't give him the extension, but I was hesitant to do so. He's making me eat my words. I apologize to him for that. But, I mean, you call it like we see. If somebody's going to play bad, I'm going to call you out. If you're playing good, again, I'm going to call you out and give you kudos for that. So this week, he's done a really good job of playing, you know, Triple J-type basketball. He's making threes. Um, I've seen a couple times, which I still would like him to do a little bit more, but I would like to see him get some easier baskets at the rim to help with his jump shot, to help him get into the flow of the game. But, damn it, defensively, that man looks like he – can be first-team all-defensive player. He looks legit. He's blocking shots. I think this a game earlier this week, I think maybe it was Toronto. He had like a five-block game, which is kind of unheard of these days. So he's doing that. He's rebounding. He's staying out of foul trouble for the most part. So just for that, I'm giving him my Grizz of the Week. Sorry, Desmond Bain. I love you. You're my boy. But Triple J this week. Look at you yeah. being nice. I'm so proud yeah, of you. Yeah, that's rightfully so. I wouldn't say that Triple J is staying out of foul trouble just yet because he's picked up five fouls in pretty much every game this week with the exception of the Thunder game. But that's a whole different story. Uh, as you can see, for those that may not know, the name on here I have is the Great Bane Room. And uh, that's going to be our new conference room on Dylan Brooks Island that's going to be named after our Grizz of the Week. Desmond Bain, who's been playing sensational basketball, uh, especially with the career-high 29 points last night against Dallas, pretty much put the Grizz on his back those last few minutes to carry um, Memphis to that victory over the Mavs. Uh, I think it's a, we can officially say that Desmond Bain may be in an untouchable uh, category when it comes to the Grizz. I think we have our foundation set. When it comes to it, we have Ja, we have Dylan, Desmond Bain, and then to Skyler's point, we have 3J as well. Um, so kudos to Desmond Bain. Uh, you are the Grizz of the Week in my book, and you also have a new fan. You, uh, The missus is now uh, a fan of Desmond Bain, not just because of his play, but because he wears number 22, which is her favorite number. So there you go. You got some money over there. You, you add new construction and everything to your to your island over there. I need some money. That's what I need, <laughs> you, sir. <laughs> uh, hey man, all all is welcome on Dylan Brooks Island. So hey, we. I think as far as this, I think as far as this, this season of you know quote unquote progression, if there's anybody. Any Grizz player that's progressed more, it would definitely be Desmond Bain. So definitely salute him on that pick. He's definitely been balling. Um, but y'all know me, bench play is very, very important to me, especially when you're trying to establish, you know, some kind of consistency, especially especially defensively. Um, so mine would be, be De'Anthony Melton. Um, like I said, he's, he's had pretty good games offensively the last couple of weeks, but really he's setting the tone you know, off the bench, especially, you know, with, with Baines, you know, continuing to start, um, which, you know, y'all know me, I still would say I'd rather have Bane come off the bench and continue to do what he's doing, but him getting the opportunity to start and, you know, he's really taking that opportunity and he's shining in it. So uh, definitely salute to Desmond Bain, but y'all know me, I'm a bench man, uh, do the dirty work. Uh, give me, give me, give me the Anthony Melton. 
All right. So, I think we got to get to the Twitter questions now because we, do, we yeah, do have a few this we week. Do, we, we definitely got a couple good, good, good um, questions. Um, shout out to Zach, BBL Tree227, our guy. Shout out to him. Um, could Zach, the no ja- We're good. Yep, yep, yep. Could the uh, could the jaw injury be a blessing in disguise with the role players playing up to their potential and not being able to wait for a jaw to be amazing? And I think we can we can all answer this one, yeah. and we got another one. For me, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily call it a blessing in disguise. I think it was more of an a more sign of alertness, I guess. Um, and I think it is not just on the player side, but I think on Taylor Jenkins side as well, because we got to remember for a while now, we've been beginning to question uh, Taylor Jenkins and his rotations and things of that nature. So, uh, and I think it started with three J and as much as we criticized him, a part of that was, he wasn't getting as many minutes as we felt that he should. And I think once Ja went out, you started seeing 3J playing 25-plus minutes up to 30 minutes a game, and you're starting to see him around, you know, 17 to 20 uh, points a game, a couple of rebounds, a couple of block shots, and you're seeing how what effect that he can have when he's on the floor and he's getting his minutes. And then the rest of the guys really just follow suit. And then, of course, as I always talk about with Dylan Brooks, he's pretty much your emotional leader. So when he's out there and he's giving 110 percent, it's going to be infectious with, with the rest of the guys. And it eventually is going to translate to wins. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily call it a, I mean, you can sort of call it a blessing in disguise, but you don't want to call someone getting hurt a blessing, but um, kind of in a way it, it's made the, the rest of the uh, team more alert. It's made Taylor Jenkins more alert too, as well. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's my take on that. Yeah, and to echo that a little bit, I think it's been more so like a sense of urgency or maybe even a wake-up call for everybody else. When you see your star player go down and you've not been the team that a lot of people thought you could have been or you aren't the team that even yourself as a team, you aren't playing to um, that level of play. Once your star goes down, it's kind of like a wake-up call, like, oh, yeah, guys, we got to get our crap together. Um, and so what they've done is they've, they've each individually played better, but they as a team have played better. And so, like I said, when you when your star player goes down, there's a wake up call to you to say, OK, let's do what we can to at least stay afloat until Jaw gets back. I, they know they want to be in the playoffs. They know that they can be there. Um, and so when your star goes down, you've got to make sure you're doing your part to make sure that the team uh, collectively reaches their goal. So they've done a good job of that. Bad, bad, bad. I couldn't agree more. Um, I like to compare kind of like what's going on with like what, what happened with the Warriors last season. Like, of course, they went without Clay. They went without James Wiseman. They went without a bunch of, you know, which are key pieces to their team. But you had guys, young players really in the league specifically are taking this advantage a lot. And we're starting to hear the names of like the Jordan Poos and the one Toscano Andersons that are really playing a pivotal part in the Warriors. They were able to step up in Clay's absence. So when Clay comes back, they'll be a well-oiled machine and they have a system already in play. And I think what's going on with the Grizzlies is the exact same thing. Like players are finally stepping up, what you all said. They're they're fine, they're playing with a sense of urgency, which is what had the Grizz haven't been done. So when Ja comes back in. That's that's adding fuel to the fire, and we we we're going, we're going. Like I said, this team is a top six easily. We shouldn't be 
playing in, in, in the elimination tournament, whatever you want to call it. They, we shouldn't be there. We're not that team anymore. Even though this is a season of progression, we're seeing, you know, like 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 we said, Desmond Bain turn up. We seen we seen him turning up. So uh, we see Anthony Melton doing his thing. We're we're progressing in a in a great way. So I think I don't want to like you said, Trev. I don't want to call you know jogging injured a blessing, but the fact that the players are stepping up in his absence is going to be great. It's, you know, especially going forward with you know it being still so early in the season. So a great question there, Zach. And we got our guy, Fat Boy Fadeaway. That check out their podcast. Hey. No podcast man. Shout out to them. They got a, a question, random question, but hey, let's get it. What player and or team in the NBA now or in the past is the most hated or disliked by the Memphis fan, Grizzlies fan base? So again, to some of the what player or team has been the most hated or disliked by the Memphis Grizzlies fan base? Um, I think it's hard to go away from Blake Griffin. Um, that run where they were in this, I guess our rivals, I guess we, we consistently saw them in, um, whether it be playoff games or meaningful games. I think we didn't like, it seemed like as if he flopped a lot and you know, you know how Memphis players are like, nah, bro, like you can play through that or like, no, that that's technically not a foul, whatever the case may be. Um, I think it was, I think it's Blake Griffin just for the, for the way that he played um, and then the beef that he and and Zach Randolph had um, in that time. Yeah, it, it's definitely hard to argue against Blake Griffin because he represents everything that Memphis can't stand, um, especially during that grit and grind era, grinding out hard hat, blue collar type of thing. And Blake Griffin, here's this guy. He's in L.A. He's all about flash, dunking on people and things of that nature. Uh, I think someone tweeted about this on Twitter. Uh, forgive me if I don't remember the person who tweeted, but he basically said, I wish that uh, we were playing the Nets um, during Zebo's uh, jersey retirement just to see Blake Griffin's reaction <laughs> and just so the fans could uh, come in and blue Blake, Blake Griffin. Um, another person who was on the list, but it's not for obvious reasons, uh, was, was Steven Adams. Um during his time with the Oklahoma City Thunder, during that mid early 2010s, um, especially during those matchups in the playoffs, of course, everyone knows about the infamous elbow, which was an elbow that got Zach Randolph suspended for uh, game seven in that series, a series that the Grizzlies could very well have won. And I think, honestly, if Mike Conley couldn't stop, uh, could stop Russell Westbrook, they probably would have won that series. But um, yeah, just to name someone else outside of Blake Griffin, because you really can't argue for anyone else other than Blake Griffin, I would definitely go Steven Adams. But that's, of course, has changed since he's now wearing a Grizzlies uniform. So I've been a Grizz fan for really since they've been in Memphis, you know, from game, going to the games in the pyramid. So I, I think I speak for a Grizz Nation uh, when I say that there was a guy that the Grizzlies signed for a four-year, $94 million contract. Um, out of the 200 and – what's this? Let's see. Out of the 246 games that he could have played, he only played 95, so he didn't even play half that. But he got he got here, and he pimped the city of Memphis, and he pimped the Memphis Grizzlies. 
if y'all don't know who I'm talking about, his name is Chandler Parsons. Um, I've been calling him Pim Parsons for years. And like I said, I think I speak on a heavy part of Grizz Nation to say that if there is a more disliked player in the history, it, it has to be Pim Parsons. And I know what y'all saying about Blake Griffin. That's true. But he didn't take money from us. In fact, we paid to go see him get whooped on, which was awesome. Whooped that trick became a national anthem for Memphis. And it still is. But this guy took money from us. You can I, I, now I'll push back just a smidge. And I do mean a smidge because you are 100 percent right when it comes to the to, to Chandler Parsons there. Memphis at the time was trying. I don't know if they were with Chris Wallace before he was on his way out. I don't know if the Grizzlies were trying to transition from the grid and grind era or trying to keep that going. And prior to us signing Chandler Parsons, Chandler Parsons was actually a pretty decent player, especially when he was in Houston in the short time that he was in Dallas. Now, we probably should have took word from Mark Cuban and how he was playing in Dallas, but when you're trying to keep everything going, you're trying to stay in the playoffs. Uh, seeing how Chandler Parsons was and seeing what he could have brought to the Grizzlies, you, you kind of be like, all right, we'll, we'll take a flyer on it. Now, the fact that he wasn't out on the floor, that's a whole different story. That's where your point comes in. That's where you're 100% right. But uh, that's just one of the things where you, you took a fire on it. It didn't work out. You just hold that L and just keep it moving. So, Skyler, you have anything to say, bro? No, 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 I don't have anything else to add to that one. Okay. Because <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I still feel a little hurt. You know, this, this, it is what it is. Yeah, I yeah, thought I was over it. But this question came about, and you know, emotions were brought back up. But it is what it is, man. Yeah, I can I can hear the emotions, bro. I can hear that. Let it go. <laughs> I would let it go, man. Uh, shout out to y'all um, for asking those dope questions. Um, I believe that is everything for this episode. Um, of course, you can follow us at the Starting Five Number Five Mem on Twitter. Interact with us. Let your people know where to where to follow us, man. That um, I am at Tab Shakir. Um, I'm at underscore Scalade on Twitter. Nothing's changed, um, but the Grizzlies have been in the Grizzlies' ability to play defense, and I love it. So let's keep going with it. Reporting live from the Great Bane Room, this is your boy Trevor at the Art of Trevor. Of course, first letter of each word is capitalized, except of because it's a preposition. Go Grizz! I man, we got a whole podcast room over there. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> right. be recording with all type of tech, but now, uh, make sure y'all follow Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies, where you can find the dopest Grizzlies content out here. All right, shout out to Grizz Nation, shout out to y'all for listening.